Stan King, founder of King Sports International, author of a number of books in North. Innovative training methods that have changed the way the world trains. So we've got a great question uh, to start out with, Tom. So you were talking to me about having an injury and, uh, and getting help with understanding how injuries occur. Is that right? Uh, yes. I wanted to uh, learn more about how to trace back to learn where what could have caused it and what or what I could have done differently. So as, as Tom understands, I've got the philosophy that if our body's healthy, generally speaking, injuries aren't going to occur. Now, obviously, you can be hit by a massive object and that can change things, but for the most part, our body is, is very resilient and the body has a degree of um, elasticity and, and can be in a better condition to survive traumatic impacts. So for the most part, we can really minimise the catastrophic type of injuries through trauma. Now, that's my starting point, and, and therefore, if you have a, a traumatic injury, the question can be asked, why did it happen? Now, we don't have to be exact in knowing, um, but we, it's good to have a hypothesis so we can seek to prevent future repetition. And when an athlete receives that first major traumatic injury, there's often a reluctance by themselves and or the coaching group, the support team, to, to acknowledge that, and certainly not for me to bother convincing anybody of anything. Um, I see it very commonly. Uh, I got a, an email once from a young man. He said, I've just blown my knee out skiing. Um, uh, can you give me some guidance? And I said, yeah, sure. Well, the first thing is, why do you think it happened in the first place? And his attitude, well, of course it happened. It was skiing. I said, no, no, why do you think it happened? And this dialogue went back and forwards, and, and it wasn't well received because my attitude to him was, my message to him was, listen, this, there's a pre-existing condition in your body. You created it. And um, if you don't fix it up, you're going to recreate it. Or even worse, as a coach, you're going to recreate it in others. So that... He didn't embrace my my paradigms. He didn't embrace that and didn't get out too well. Ironically, he went on to be a prolific publisher in, in how to avoid injuries of that nature, which was quite tragic because he refused to look at the, the starting point, which the starting point is if someone does have a, an injury, let's take the lessons from it. Let's turn that negative into a positive. Uh, let's use what we've learned to prevent others from having the same. Uh, it's not good enough to teach people how to re rehabilitate. My goal is to teach them how to avoid it having it in the first place because it's much easier to, and, and much more beneficial to keep the car on the road than it is to haul it back up off the cliff after it's gone off the edge of the road. So the, the act or the art of pursuing the, the link back to the cause in the first instance is not, it's not an easy one and it's not one that you're going to learn overnight, but let's have a crack at it. So, Tom, tell me about what happened then, you know, when you had this injury occur that as you knew it. Not, not the history of it, but the, the, the recent, the, the, when you noticed it. Um, so, I was playing flag American football, and my normal position is a more of a corner, so I run a lot more straight lines. But I played a linebacker position where I was changing direction a lot, and... I didn't feel any particular moment where there was pain, um, but in the last few minutes of the game, the knee was sore, more so that I noticed that I couldn't quite put uh, full pressure on it, but I knew I could still run, and then it was sore at the end of the game, but um, there was another point where I, I kind of jammed an ankle, my opposite ankle, as I stepped on... I was pulling a flag, and I stepped on the quarterback's foot, so 
that's a specific incident where it's possible that something could have happened. And I also was chasing down somebody and I dove for a flag. Um, those are the only two specific moments in the game other than feeling some pain at the end. And then when I woke up the next day, it was a bit, a bit swollen and pretty stiff. Okay, so with that note specifically what we may have done, we've aggravated the need to somebody go, which light, the left or the right? Uh, the left knee. Left knee. It's the, and it's the, it's the medial side. Okay, so going back through um, your previous life, do you have any recollections of any, any trauma to the knees, left or right? Not any direct contact. Um, one thing is the left hip flexor has been a little tighter recently, and um, I've noticed from climbing that sometimes my quads get a little bit more sore. Uh, but no, no other recollection. So when we have our first trauma, there's no previous trauma, but there's still a reason. So what yeah. Tom has done is he's looked for, when I asked that question, he's looked for previous trauma. What, what we want to understand is if we've got a, a, a joint that's not healthy, and in, in all, all things being equal, it should have been able to tolerate the flag football game. So we're going to start from the premises that there was something not, not healthy about the joint. And that joint health comes from my, from basically my joint health uh, concept, which I shared with um, from the late 90s onwards, which is, uh, you know, the joint has a certain gap and a certain positioning that, that nature intended. And when we change that gap, either reducing the gap or change the rotation or the positioning of the joint relative to another joint, chances of trauma or nerve impingement. So he's already mentioned something there that would give us a little bit of a, of a hint. So if I said to you, your left knee or left joint was less happy, less healthy than your right, and you've told me that you had recently suffered some, uh, you were aware of some tightening of the left hip flexor, then the first lesson yeah, we've learned... was. Um, and, and the first lesson we've learned then is when your body says, I'm one size tighter, at that point in time, you're getting a message saying that you're a high risk of injury on that side. So number one is you didn't act... Uh, you didn't act in response to the message adequately enough. You didn't take the message seriously, I'm going to assume. You didn't, you didn't suddenly increase your, your stretching work in the left hip flexor. No, I didn't. Okay. So then we go back down to how did we get a tighter left side than right. So let's go back through three possibilities from, from early in life. Uh, did you identify one leg being stronger early in life than another in terms of your dominant leg in sport? Uh, I, I think my right leg is dominant. Excellent. So I played I played soccer young and baseball primarily, and I kick with my right foot, and it has felt stronger generally than my left. Good. So did you have any trauma or wear and tear to the right side early in life? Um, I've had tightness more so, and I, there's a point a few years ago where I had some right knee pain a little bit. Um, actually before KSI. And I've sprained, I know I've sprained my right ankle. I had a high ankle sprain falling down some stairs or tripping down some stairs a few years ago as well. So this is how the cycle of injury works. We dominate on one side, we wear that side, or we injure that side. That side says, I can't take it anymore. Can you please, other side, do more? So then our other side starts doing more than the first side. And then, guess what? The same thing happens on the other side. Then becomes worn, traumatized, or um, more of a catastrophic injury. So, 
what you're in is you're in the second stage of that cycle. In the ideal world, once you identify that you're loading your right leg more in uh, soccer, then you might have taken actions to address it, which you've now learned how to do. But keep in mind now that that left side has been asked to do the bulk of the work since because the right side's too sore to do it. And when I say too sore, it can be in a subconscious, it can be in a low-level way, pain is in side, even a low-level way. But it's, it's been asked to do more, now it's worn down. Now, you can't heal a secondary side in the second phase of the cycle I'm talking about if you don't address the original cause. So you can, you can rehabilitate the left-hand side, but if you don't go right back to where we went back to and said, okay, why is the left side sore? We realised the left side sore because the right side was loaded to the point where it got sore and then the left side was asked to do more. If we don't address that right side history, then we're never going to get the right side to do its work. We need the right side to do its work. We need the right side to do 50% of the work so the left side can do 50% of the work. The moment the left side has been asked to do more than 50% of the work. So... When you, when you look back to how many years you ago that you worked and dominated that right side, we could be talking about 20, 30 years. There's a little bit of work yeah. to be done. There's a little bit of a recognition that we've got some time under, uh, under the bridge and we've got to put some, a fairly long-term view into bringing the right side to being healthy. Now, a, a more close examination of your body would reveal which side really needs prioritising this point in time, but the reality is from a distance, I can tell that your right side needs some TLC, and the left side needs some TLC. And if you don't deal with the right side TLC, the left side is never going to be fully dealt with. How's that going? Making any sense? Yeah, it's making a lot of sense. So this long-term view is one that, uh, first of all, very few people understand or, or then want to embrace because it it means a few things. First of all, it means taking responsibility. It means I acknowledge that I did this to myself or I didn't do enough to prevent this happening to myself. And that that doesn't mean that we are bad or naughty or we should feel guilty. But I think the limiting factor for many professionals to embrace this is that, is that desire to be the guru or desire to be right. And, you know, it's okay. We, we all knew less in the past and we can all get better. So... That's the first reason why people don't embrace this concept. The second one is that it involves the degree of delayed gratification. It means doing a lot, a lot of work that will take some time to come through and, and get the results. But the, my reality is if you don't embrace this and if you don't do this, then you're ultimately going to be never, never healed. You're never going to fully heal yourself. So to, to take a different approach for me it really is a, a very false economy. So there's the, there's the base of that, and I haven't got in the detail about what can be done, but that's giving you guidance in the first instance. Now, yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you. You had a second question, I know, because you were talking about some modalities. Yeah, I was also curious what your opinion is on acupuncture for recovery and as a whole. So is this question the one that's come up since you traumatized your knee, or did you have this question before? Uh, it came to mind because of that, because I, in separate injury years ago, I had sprained a wrist and I'd used it as acupuncture, as 
had helped in the recovery, and so it came to mind because of this injury. So let's put this in context. We learn a lot about you and, and, and your solutions at this point in time because do you think from compared to what I've just shared with you and compared with the solution that you were looking for, yep. do you think there's a bit of a discrepancy? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I don't I don't intend to use acupuncture as the manner in which to heal myself, but I was curious as to the value that you thought it might have. Right, so just to make sure that you understand that it's a, big, human body. It's a bigger fixer than that. So yeah, I mean, I do. Actually, even talking, uh, listening to you, I can think back to even incidents even further back where uh, I don't remember a specific injury to my right side, but I remember my left side, my hip, probably like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. where I had a, some issue with my left hip. So that's really interesting because, um, you know, I haven't had a lot of personal injury experience to go back and it's something I want to understand more. Yeah, it, so to connect the dots yeah. uh, personally is really helpful for me. It is because we, we as, as coaches, we need to take our, our inverted commas misfortune and, and, and share the positive with others and help others learn from from our um, you know, from our errors or our, our, our poor judgments or our lack of knowledge or lack of information. It's there are there are so, the best the, the, there are messages from the body at all instances. The body is sending us messages all the time. It's it's our ability to to know how to read those messages, to respect them, learn learn what they mean, and how to respond to them, how to deal with them. That separate people, and you'll always find the company in misery or misery in company. So you know, you, you'll be sitting there, the physical therapist with with two hundred other people, and you can all feel feel good and normal about yourself. But there's nothing ideal about having trauma, injury to that level of trauma. So my goal for all athletes is to have an injury-free career, an injury-free life, and we really can achieve it, and, and I have achieved it with others. Um, it's, it's not only possible, it's highly desirable, and it's just a, an art form or, or a, a skill set to learn, and I know you're on your way. And Sometimes uh, there's massive learning from your own injuries. Yeah, I think this... I've been thinking about it for the last few days, and it's um, there's been a lot of ups and downs in learning, and this has a, been a, valuable in that sense a lot. And going back to my question, I, I I didn't mean it more. I didn't mean the question to be using it as a response to the injury more so as what value it might have, just like massage or something yes. as a recovery method from which, training, which I will address. Uh, before we move around, you've now realised that your your message on your left side has probably been there for at least ten years. So if you've experienced left side hip oh, right, yeah. and right, it's well it's well entrenched. And these signs are typically very well uh, entrenched before the traumatic injuries occur. And people pretend they're surprised initially, but when you go back with them in their mind, you can help them see the patterns and the messages that were there evident. So the, the, there's very few people that are truly surprised if they, if they dig deep like this. And this is why I have a saying that all injuries are predictable and preventable. And as a coach, we can learn to be able to look at a body, touch a body, and listen to a person and say, if you don't change this, this, and this, then X, Y, and Z is going to happen. And that's just a, a great have because you can save people, you can help people. Now, not everybody's going to listen to you, but it, it's still a great skill to have that's one I've pursued for many decades after being exposed in my first decade to, to injuries, and I, especially in athletes that I've just inherited or environments that I've just moved into. And 
seeing these athletes sitting at injured, I said, no, this is awful. I mean, after I helped rehabilitate my first few shoulder reconstructions in the, in the, in the 80s, I said, this isn't going to happen again. This is awful. Why would anybody allow that to happen to a human being? You know, the joint's never the same, etc. And that applies to all joints, not just the shoulder. But, you know, we were seeing shoulder surgeries um, before the advent of um, the uh, knee incidences that we're seeing now. So, yeah, the message has been there for a while. So, coming back to acupuncture. Now, I've got to be very careful with what I say because that will offend my colleagues in, in, the, in the various modalities. But let me say this. All modalities have their place. The, the challenge is knowing if and when. And if you're just providing one modality, then often we can get caught in a, in a little bit of that um, blinkered position, well, this is going to help everybody at all times. I'm, I'm not sure that's the case. But ultimately, the only one way to find out is to, to give it a go. Uh, and it is influenced by a number of things, including the service provider, the quality of the service, um, you know, whether or not at that time you needed that. But generally speaking, it's another modality to manipulate tissue temperature, sorry, tissue tension um, and, and, and nerve firing. So I could give you my personal experiences. I could give you experiences of uh, many athletes I, I speak to. So there's anybody who does it and, and you know, I get the feedback. For example, you've done and you've used that punch in the past. How did you find it? I, I found it to help. Excellent. I reduced swelling, and I, you know, I've, I felt like it did reduce tension. So and, did uh, you do? I did notice differences in nerve firing from it because you get certain sensations. So what we've established is it's effective. Now you know there's another question I ask, which is um, not good enough to say that it was effective. What we need to ask ourselves was, was it, is it the best thing to do at the time? Was it optimal? And let's, yeah. say, let's say we had 30 options and we picked the top three that we're going to put energies in. It may or may not fit into those top three. So I think if you take a um, anecdotal uh, analysis of acupuncture, I think it's very fair to say that it's effective in, in a lot of people a lot of the time. I think that's a very fair summary. Uh, it's not effective in all people all the time. And more importantly, it's not always the dominant modality or even fit into your top few that you could do. My primary concern with any service provider uh, or service in this instance is is the mentality of uh, in our culture that has been conditioned to believe that someone else fixes you. And as you know from my attitude and my my, my paradigm and my, the values that I teach uh, athletes, etc., is that you, know, you heal yourself. Nobody else heals you. And so it is a concern for me when they become reliant on it. So I see athletes not willing to do the work to prevent injuries, but when they get injuries, go and seek services such as that and say, wow, this is good, I really love it. Well, that, that's fantastic, but it's not really embracing the direction I want them to take in, which is, number one, prevent injury, and number two, heal yourself. Now, when I'm saying heal yourself, I'm not excluding the use of external service providers. I'm just getting athletes to take greater responsibility for their condition and empowering them to make decisions rather than feeling that someone else has to fix them and that they can only train if they're told they're allowed to train or they can only be if they're allowed by told by someone else. So very open to to um, all modalities, but I believe that they're overrated in many instances and inappropriately presented, to put it in a nutshell. So with your current knowledge, you go out and you do the things that you've been taught to do to, to manipulate your tissue tension length and nerve firing, and then you can get concurrent 
acupuncture and then you can come up with your own conclusions as to which one's making the biggest difference. Uh, you know, I've been through that comparative analysis on many occasions. I'm in it at the moment, actually. Um, and, you know, we're very open and I encourage you to be open at any point in time as to which which one ticks the boxes more than another. So, you know, just remind me, it's not a matter of is it effective, but is it optimal for me at this point in time? Thank you. Now, having said that, I don't see any downsides with it. It's just a matter of whether it's the best use of your time at any given time and whether or not you've got the understanding that it's not the someone else's responsibility to heal you. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the RC or the case listening to this call. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a good chat. Was that any help, Tom? Yeah, that was a lot of help. Thank you. That was really great. Okay, so we'll wrap on that.